This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Palace won the under-15 Floodlit Cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Arsenal 5-0 in that one. Just, you just, you know, you have to have to mention that don't you maybe five or six times we can mention that <laughs> maybe we should just do the review show um, on that. yeah that that would be nice if i'd been, a, if been able to see that um, <laughs> i don't know the answer to this question i all i have noticed is that the goalkeeper is also called whitworth so i'm presuming it's another a family member of joe whitworth's huh. um yeah, he, it certainly doesn't look like Joe Whitworth because it's an under fifteen, and I don't think you can play an overage player to that level. And in the picture, it, it yeah, he looks. It, it would have to have somehow de-aged him, and I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> I'm suspicious. There'd certainly be questions asked if you if you use some kind of de-aging technology on people. I think I think probably wider questions than is that Joe Whitworth would be asked if that was possible yeah probably yeah probably yeah yeah and then what happens afterwards you know you, you're just to win a floodlit cup does he have to then live another four years to get back to his current age you know all these questions uh would be left unanswered i feel they would yeah um yeah so probably probably not that isn't it it's probably not that and probably is just a either a relative or, or just a coincidence could be one of those yeah <laughs> I mean, they can't we'll never know. Though, right? <laughs> Maybe one day we will know. Maybe we could just tweet Joe Whitworth and ask. Oh, no, where's the fun in that? I, I like the speculation. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. Uh, I'm Chris Hambling and, well, with me today are oh, Kara Skipper. Hello, Kara. Hello. I'm just. I'm just going to hope that Hello. your appointment is at the result and not at me joining you on the podcast. Yeah, I, I realised how that came across. It came across that I was really annoyed that you were here, but it's not that. It's just a, a general depression over cool. having to review uh, the, the the game. We've also got Cypersy here, first time in a while. Hi, Simon. How are you doing? You're right. I'm buzzing to be here, so I'm like bucking the trend on the <laughs> level of enthusiasm. It's great to be back in the studio. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't sound more like a 
local news presenter on BBC <laughs> Radio than if you tried, really. Yeah, um, that's a new career but, option. New career option there for me, I'm thinking, actually. Mm, I could do that. Mm, I think about it. So I just um, realized well, that a thought has... I'm really disappointed that he's not on BBC Radio Leicestershire. He's <laughs> on Back of the Nets. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> It's a career option now. Um, I'm thinking about well, it. Well, yeah, exactly. It has at least it has at least perked me up a little bit. So maybe I can can lift my voice to something a little bit more, at least close to some level of enthusiasm. <sighs> but look, before we talk about what unfortunately was a, a I have to say, a pretty poor game and 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 a pretty uninspiring performance uh, against against Spurs. Um, you know, lo- losing one nil. Um, to a to a to a goal that still has me mad. Um, we'll 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 talk about a few things going on around Palace at the moment, and plenty of those with a with a lot with a great deal of positivity actually. So um, uh, we'll start, if we may, uh, just with a, a a bit of news around. Well, we talked about the women's team finishing their season last week, and Cara, with you on this week, it would be crazy not to to get a bit more of a summary from you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, not not too much to say really, but just you know we finished in fifth, four points behind Charlton in the end, um, and that was after drawing with them one all um, at the Valley in that last game. Um, kind of a shame, really, the way the season turned out. There was so much positivity at the beginning, uh, loads of new players coming in, um, and a real kind of ambition. Um, with the team going full time and uh, seeming to really have eyes set on um, promotion or at least challenging for promotion. Um, but as we know, uh, the season didn't play out like that. We hit a bit of a rough patch um, as most teams do. Um, but then some kind of internal issues uh, left the players without um, their kind of leadership for the rest of the season. And I think it is worth just paying them tribute the players themselves because somehow they've managed to uh st- stick together since that happened and um not just kind of pull themselves through that that period but actually churn out some pretty impressive results in that time um and I think it came at a time when we started to look like we were in danger of slipping down the table quite rapidly but they really did turn that around so that fifth place finish mm. um I think the story behind that is a lot more impressive than necessarily the the number on it suggests um so just huge credit to the to the girls really for for pulling that out of the bag um and for finding a way to stick together because we all know um you look at any team really and we know what that kind of uh, chaos at the top can lead to on the pitch and they've really resisted that and shown some incredible resilience so um, yeah just massive shout out to them and hopefully for their sake and for fans sake um, the summer is a rebuild summer and we go into next season a lot more settled um, and able to kind of re-up that ambition to challenge again next season but um the league finished with Bristol City top so they'll get promotion Coventry down the bottom mm-hmm. um will get their relegation spot that they weren't challenging for obviously but that's where they ended up um and <laughs> WSL is still ongoing so we're yet to see uh who will be joining us um as the relegated team from uh the top division um we'll wait and see I'm uh, kind of hoping it is Leicester mm-hmm. because my family are in Leicester and it means that I'll get to take my nieces to some Leicester Palace games um but equally it would be good for them to stay in the WSL for that reason but those are just my selfish reasons um yeah no so we'll just finish it <laughs> off today credit to the girls once again um and yeah all I set on on the summer ahead and next season 
Sure. And, you know, with it, with any team that when you talk about that summer rebuild, obviously you want to see, you think about what they've, they've been through this, this year and the results that they've, they've pulled out, as you say, if you can keep, you know, a core of, of that group together and, you know, the, the, the kind of spirit that that adversity, you know, triumph over adversity, if you, if you want to think about it that way, that, 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 that builds, if you can keep that core together and kind of supplement it, that, that could be the makings of a very good group and a very good season next year. But, you know, you, that's, I think most teams would probably go into the the postseason thinking that same way. You know, we just need to keep building. We just need to keep the group together. And I know it's very, very hard to do that. So, uh, but fingers crossed. It's great. You know, the the interest is growing all the time. The 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 level is fantastic, and and I just think you know the support that's um that's that's going in now from from fans makes such a huge difference. And hopefully, more people will flood to those games next year, and we can you know cheer them all along. Um, so the, the, the 20 ones probably worth talking about in a bit of detail. Um, you know, I suppose on the negative side that the season did kind of trail off a little bit, some really strong performances and the last few have been quite poor in the league. And, and that really has a lot to do with the, with the, with the cup run, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, certainly has trailed off. And obviously the, the fact that there's been some, some changes there as well with, with Paddy going up to the, First team, Darren Powell doing a fantastic job um, taking over and, and, you know, Paddy's still involved and all that. But, it you know, again, it is unsettling when things change. So the, the season in the league has trailed off a little bit. Last game losing 1-0 to, to Liverpool, which, again, it's no, it's no bad thing to lose to, to Liverpool at any level, really, um, so, so narrowly. But, but you know, as a team, they'll be, they'll be disappointed the way they finished, but finished um, fourth and, and actually played reasonably well in that in that final game but the the obviously the big news is that um palace drew 1-1 with valencia and won the the penalty shootout 5-3 uh, at Selhurst park uh, i hope a few of you listening got along got along to that game i sadly didn't would have loved to but um yeah it was a a really strong performance against a very good valencia side um by all accounts jaden raymond getting the opening goal um, before before we were pegged back, um, and I think it was a trialist um, who scored the final uh, penalty to win it. They actually named him on Twitter. I have completely just this literally this moment. I have forgotten his uh, forgotten his name, but um, I think he's he's been at Chelsea until going on trial at Palace. Is uh, a right back. Um, don't know why the name's dropped out of my head, but there you go. I'll remember it as soon as we end the show. Um, but uh, yeah, Owen Goodman saving a penalty. Uh, in that one, and uh, and we, we tap the one, tap one away, one five three, fantastic into the final, and we play PSV Eindhoven, who've been extremely strong um, in in at that level. But you know, it's a final, it's a massive chance, the Premier League International Cup final. It's um, it's a big one, so it'll be really great to be able to go and watch that game. Uh, and fingers crossed, everybody gets a chance to do that. So I'll be uh, looking out for that. I think it's like a quid for a ticket, isn't it? Um, something crazy like that. Um, have I imagined that? Complete silence. I may have imagined <laughs> I have that. Looked up the Don't worry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, Whatever it they is. They will announce it, it on the website anyway. 
I, I don't know. I might have been imagining that. It might have been that that game was a. I don't know. I'm sure. Anyway, any opportunity we get to see our boys in a final, uh, particularly a European final, we can sort of blur our eyes and imagine it's the first team playing in a a European final. How about that? To be fair, the turnstiles probably won't work anyway, so you're probably getting for free. Don't get any tickets. <laughs> oh, dude, just no faith, honestly, have you? There was just one little blip. It doesn't happen all the time. Anyway, um, now, talking about the good news, the under-15s uh, won the Floodlit Cup, uh, demolished Arsenal 5-0. Um, and you, you have got to be happy about that, you know, in, in any level winning 5 0. I think we beat Villa 5 1 in the semi final as well. So, semi final and final scoring 10 goals, that is absolutely fantastic. We're doing it to to zero um, in this, you know, in that particular game to win the cup. It's just brilliant. We won it in 2019. Um, the likes of Jack Wells, Morrison, Tayo, Adaramola, and Owen Goodman were in that squad. Um, but, uh, you know, and still with the club today, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, in terms of the names, I, I don't reckon we were talking about it pre-show. It may be included in the, it's somewhere in this particular podcast, but, um, the only name that I genuinely recognized was Whitworth in goal. And, um, I had some speculation as to whether or not somehow we'd DH Joe Whitworth, but I don't believe that that is true in any way. So I, I don't know, frankly, anything about this group. Um, but other, other than the fact that as a team they've pulled together a five 0 win against a, you know what is uh, an extremely strong outfit and in, in the Arsenal, um, I wasn't calling them the Arsenal. I was trying to think about how to finish that sentence and I can't. Um, I might need to get Mikey to edit the out of that sentence. I hate it when people say the Arsenal. Nick says the Arsenal. <sighs> I'm angry now. Um, I'm conscious I've done a lot of talking and I'm having some kind of mental breakdown. So should we, should we move on? Is that okay? Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> Simon, you're oddly quiet. Is this not what you remember the podcast being? <laughs> no, I, I'm still stuck on the Joe Whitworth um, being aged thing. Uh, and I can't work out any other solution mm. other than either we're playing someone, you know, like in the 21s, you can have like a random first team player just playing in there he's recovering yeah quickly. it's either that or we've actually aged him and i can't think of any other better excuse other than we've de-aged him so de-aged mm, him yeah i well I, as i said i looked in the i looked in the the pictures from it from the game and uh the age of the keeper certainly seems to be uh in keeping with the age of the rest of the players so something fish is going something's on gone wrong there yeah. anyway something something's going on let's um let's finally stop delaying the inevitable let's talk about palace versus spurs um look <laughs> cara you've watched it three times for some reason um yeah it, it feels like it feels like a, a game that almost didn't happen <laughs> in the sense that yeah. it's hard to kind of piece together i don't know what we were trying to do um you know my my analysis of it directly afterwards and and i suppose still today to some degree was the, the biggest failure we had in my view um other than the goal we conceded which we'll talk about was that we we played very within ourselves and and we didn't i think we kind of was went into the game worrying a little bit about how tottenham could hurt us so we had you know jordan ayu who had the previous week you know he had stretched the defence, um, uh, run the channels, 
you know, got his goal uh, against West Ham was absolutely outstanding. The kind of complete forwards display did it all. Um, in this game, he, he seemed to be playing deeper than, than Eze for a lot of it. And he wasn't running the channels. He was basically more focused on doing the defensive work and being an extra body in midfield than leading the line. And, and I have to say, those are the kind of things we used to say in in the old Roy Hodgson days where, you know, your striker was defending first and foremost. And that's honestly what I felt the difference was. And I, I expected us to address it at half time, and we simply didn't. We carried on very much the same uh, until until the game started to tick away in the last sort of 10 minutes or so. We we, we had a bit of a go and, and that's probably the best I could say. And to me, that's me being positive. We had a bit of a go for 10 minutes. Um you watched it more than I did, though. So, how did you feel? Yeah, well, I think we were saying before the show. I, the only reason I watched it so many times is because after each time I watched it, I thought, "Jesus, that was so boring. I can't actually remember that much about it." If I'm going to come on and talk about it, I need to watch it again. And after each time I watched it, I felt none the wiser. But it's just it started off with some. There's some quite like um uh relatively interesting things going on before the game that meant that it like could have been a bit more exciting so like if you look at the managers 44 years difference in experience between Hodgson and Mason so you've got the Premier League's like mm. oldest ever coach versus the Premier League's youngest ever coach albeit obviously he's interim um you've got Hodgson who gave both Harry Kane and Mason their England debuts in 2015 it was Mitchell's 100th uh, game for Palace so you've got some pretty like cool stats going on but honestly they're probably the most interesting thing about this game even after they played the 90 minutes um, I don't think we learnt much from it I would say like <clears throat> on what you said uh, Hambo it's the the Hodgson that we the Hodgson team that we knew and didn't love very much maybe a bit harsh but mm. this is how he sets up against these teams and I think we have to remember his first matches in charge um during this stint have been against like a, not easy oppositions because we didn't find those games easy but easier oppositions where he was able to uh kind of come in and let players play a lot more freely and as soon as we've gone up against like slightly more challenging oppositions he's gone to what he knows and I think what people had forgotten um was what he did so I don't think we can be that annoyed about it because it, this is literally what you get it's what's written on the Roy Hodgson tin you know and, it, and it's what you're gonna get from him um it was just boring and it was just go like just be betting on the chance that you know some of the chances we we had and we did have a few pretty decent ones that that one or two of them would get slotted away and that we wouldn't make a mistake or that Spurs wouldn't um capitalize on the mistakes we made at the back and as happens so often when you play that that kind of gamble it didn't work um and yeah that's pretty much my summary of the game I think I don't know what Si thinks I, I think that's a perfect summary yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't summarize it better to be honest I, I was disappointed by if you look at Roy's post-match presser he was basically saying well you know you can't expect to come here and get anything and nine times out of ten Spurs will win at home and and just listening to him it's almost like he set up not expecting to get anything out of the game. And then and, and that was very 2019, 2020 Roy Hodgson, isn't it? So I think the ratio he, he lives mm-hmm. off and, and and dies off is I shouldn't say that with his age, lives off even, is 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 the fact that actually 
he's going to get he's going to get points against the teams he needs to to keep teams up, and that. Uh, that was the first time that Spurs game watching it back. Maybe you think I really don't want him to stay longer than because I've been a fan of him coming back, you know, from from where we were before. But I, I don't want him to stay now after watching that, just because I'd rather go down three 0 having a go at, at Spurs than sit back and and do what we did, which was just literally hope Wilf manages to smash one in from um, thirty yards out. So yeah, Kara's yeah, absolutely right on that. I think I mean I'm glad you brought up the the post match comments. You know, this was this will be a shorter show than usual um, because I don't really want to get into that place where where I, I have to talk about that too much. Because go back to to last week, um, you know, and I I you know being at the game, watching us play the way we did, I I, I loved it. I loved every second of of winning against West Ham and playing that and playing that way, and ju- and just just enjoying what we tried to do there. Um, but then watching how we played and thinking, oh, this, this, you know, it shouldn't feel, it shouldn't feel, because, you know, Roy, Roy, it's a different character. I'm not, I shouldn't be judging him by 2019 standards, right? But, you know, this, you know, we, we've, we've been playing really well. And last week he was talking about the fact that, you know, we're putting, you know, he's put it onto the players. What do you want to achieve? You know, go out, play, relax, you know, express yourselves. All this kind of language that's fantastic and been really, just like a breath of fresh air. And then we lose a game and it's straight back. Um, you know, this was a satisfying performance. No, it wasn't. Not, not on any level. Okay. It wasn't satisfying on any level, but fine. If you're satisfied with, with boring us to there, fine. But th- that wasn't, you know, that's a matter of opinion. Right. And I can understand there being an argument about that. And then he says, this is Tottenham. It's a team put together by hundreds of millions of pounds and the England captain single-handedly won the match today. We're not playing West Ham, Leeds or any of the other sides we beat. In normal circumstances, I'd expect Tottenham to win this game comfortably, but that hasn't happened. Like, what What are you saying to about your... It's so defeatist. If you If he felt like that before the game... That's you, you know you're you're setting yourself up to lose, and let's face it, we lost under Roy against Tottenham a lot more than we won, <laughs> and quite often it was. It's not like they've they're coming off the back of a, a tremendous run of games, is it? Where they've been smashing goals in and keeping, they kept a clean sheet against us. I don't remember the last time they kept a clean sheet. I just think. Try and look at their last few games. So they'd lost 4-3 to Liverpool. They drew 2-2 to Man United. They lost 6-1 to Newcastle. They lost 3-2 to Bournemouth um, prior to that. And even then, even against when they beat Brighton, they still conceded a goal, right? I think you can probably go further back um, to, their, to their last clean sheet. I think, you know, other than in Europe, I think their last clean sheet was against Chelsea on the 26th of Feb. I think that's I'm right in saying that. So they've been on a, a, a run of conceding significant numbers of goals. They conceded one to Forest, three to Southampton, one to Everton, one to Brighton, three to Bournemouth, six to Newcastle, two to Man United, uh, four to Liverpool, and then they get a clean sheet against us. Right. So to me, we if, if we're going to. We're going to explain our defeat by the fact that I'd expect Tottenham to win the game, and we did well for them to only win it one nil. Then, then absolutely right. All this discussion about what you know next year we've got the dilemma: do we keep Roy on for another year? Hell no. 
hell no, I don't want to go into another season with somebody telling me that my team aren't shouldn't shouldn't be competing against every single club in the league. We know reality, right? But that's not what we watch football for. I don't I don't want a manager telling players, you know, just just defend because you know they're better than you. Just not interested in it. It's not what not we're in football for. I will say one thing, right? On the day, Tottenham had some outstanding players. I thought Pedro Porro was fantastic. Christian Romero, absolutely outstanding for them. Um, and I got you got to give credit to, um, I guess, to Ryan Mason for that because you know that's a, that was a team as I'm point I'm making was was absolutely terrible um, defensively. So they got really well organized, um, and yeah, I, I just thought you know. They they had a good day in defence, but we didn't test them. We didn't push. Their, their midfield was, you know, was was weak. Skip is just not a good player in my view. You know, we let Hilberg run around like he was Lionel Messi for some reason. I, you know, Richarlison was an embarrassment for them, and we we just take took no advantage of that. You know, um, so oh, yeah, I'm I'm stuck ranting again, and and I don't want to be in that place, but. You know, Sai, you bring it up. I was really, really disappointed in the post-match comments. You know, the 50-50 of we weren't that, we were pretty good. I like, I was satisfied with it versus we should be happy to lose to Spurs. Not not for me. Agreed. Agreed. And it's like triply bollocks. <laughs> but, but it's triply bollocks because you look at the players that we have that it's rumoured, I don't know about you guys, but I've got, unfortunately quite a few Spurs fans and they're all really nice apart from the fact that they support Spurs and they are they've been on to me all season about we're going to come in for Gay, we're going to come in for Elise we're going to come in for Ezra so how is it that it's completely out of like the realm of possibility for Roy that we play that team who are potentially interested in three of our players and we shouldn't be going after him like it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense we're not madness, like, it, yeah. we're not we're not in the we're not bottom of the league. They're not top of the league. Yes, like historically, we have a bad record against Spurs. I get that, but like in reality, that means nothing when you're like walking out onto the pitch um, to, to start another ninety minutes of football. They're on a bad run. We're on a good run again. Historically, that always means that we're going to lose. But like, it's just if that's the attitude that he has, you wonder what attitude he sent the players into that game with. Um, and if it was that attitude that explains the performance we saw, because it did look a little bit like they were just trying to get through the 90 minutes and get off the pitch. Um, and not not in a particularly mm. like, I don't think the And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
attitude was particularly bad. I don't think we played particularly horrendously. I think we pretty much played the same as what we have played since Roy took over again for this stint. It's just that we were up against a better opposition. And I think there's a bit of a, with how the results have ended up at the end of the games, we are forgetting that the first half of pretty much every game we've played since he took over, we have not been very good. Um, So, you know, there are lots of issues still there. And I think it is really important, not that we focus on them because we don't want to be like totally negative. Obviously, like it's great that we're 12th place United again um, and we're going to be fine and we're probably going to finish 12th. But it's really dangerous, I think, because there is, you know, very, and I said as soon as the first couple of results came in, my worry is this is going to be Parish like then just skimming over all the mistakes he's made. People are going to forget the the kind of chaos that led us into this position. And we're going to soon be in a position where people are going, oh, maybe we'll keep Roy for next season. And that's exactly what's happened. And uh, it's happening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's not going to get it, us it crept into my brain. Yeah, yeah no. I'm terrified. No, it's not. It, it is a welcome reminder. I'm terrified of him staying beyond the end of the season, and not that not, not because we'll go down. Because I don't think you'll go down with with Roy at the helm. I, I think it's more to do with just being really, really boring and really turgid and, and really awful if we if we keep him beyond these games. And I was looking at the league table before we started. You know, we've drawn ten games. And that's second most in the league beyond, I think, I think Everton and potentially Newcastle have drawn, yeah, Newcastle have drawn just one more than us. And I mean, you know, we, we just need to, you know, we don't have to do anything too radical next season to turn some more of those into, into wins and being a lot, a lot higher position, but we won't be if we stick with Roy because it'll just be more of this. And the Wolves game and this game were both, you can tell he's told them to go out there and just, don't don't do anything crazy in the first thirty minutes. Just just keep it tight, and and that's as you said, Cara, leading to really disappointing first halves. But sorry, did are you still there? Sorry. I'm still there. Yeah. Did, you lose, did you lose me? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. um, I think he's telling them. No, like, no, just no, at the end. Think... No, right, right, right at the end of your sentence. Oh, right. Right, literally your sentence, but it just clipped really like weirdly really? at the end. I was like. <laughs> That was a Roy. He okay, we'll, me just, out. we'll just gloss over that. Roy's taking me out. He's wiped mm, me out. It. But look, <laughs> look, um, look, it, it is what it is. I, I, you know, for me, we're we're all pretty clear. Every time you start thinking, look, we got three games left, and I know it's you know we we're going to talk about this. We've got three games left to go. We're we're playing Fulham, Nottingham Forest, and Bournemouth, and and you look at that and you think, okay, well, based on your logic there, Roy, you know, okay, Fulham. We're above us in the table, so we're going to probably what we'll play defensively against them and try and nick a win. <laughs> the other two are below us in the table, so we what we play expansively against them. So, you know, so let's let's predict now six points because that's that's how it works, right? Um, that's how I feel. But I put I no, put no, no, four no. down. I put four points down as my prediction. I'm not quite as enthusiastic mm. as you are. I think Forest. I think we we might like get a draw at Fulham, beat Bournemouth, or the other way around. Who knows? Yeah. I think we'll lose to Forest. Like they're going to be playing for their lives, aren't they? Um, at that yeah. stage, and we're going to have nothing to play for. So, um, it's, I don't know, not, it, it's just it just feels it feels so odd though. Like thinking like, like we can't base any of our thought process around next year on um, on how this this period has gone. I, I really don't think so. You know, you, you look at the fixture list we've had. 
Um, you know, Roy's even saying it himself, the teams that we're playing against, you know, the, the points were there for the taking and we've, we've taken enough. We, we did enough before Roy came in, really, yeah. you know, in yeah. terms of, of getting the horrible games out of the way. So, you know, we, let's let's try and be sensible about what's ahead. And, you know, the you know you talked about being scared, Simon, of, of Roy staying. Um, I'm more scared about what happens in the summer with our players because it, it, it's, I mean, I, I can tell you one thing for sure. I, I would totally understand um, those in charge of the club keeping Roy in place if we lose, you know, Gay, Elise, and Eneze, you know, as well as Zaha. If we if we lost that that spine of the team, the kind of exciting future of the team to uh, to to bigger teams coming in and taking them off us, you know, you might as well stick Roy in there, bank the money, and I don't know, play the youth or whatever, because because you know we'll be going down next year. <laughs> That's what I'm bothered about, uh, I and I and I think how we've approached this season has has put us in real danger of that, in my view. Yeah, I think that's, I totally agree. And like, you know, people who've listened before will, will forgive me, hopefully, for repeating myself. But the this summer has to go one of two ways. And it's either we're stuck in this same kind of Groundhog Day loop where we try something early on in the, in the summer, it doesn't work. And then Parish panics, sticks Roy in there, doesn't buy anyone, like scrabbles around for some people to like promote into the youth team and just really hope it works and hope that, you know, I don't know, Tompkins and Gyro and Joel Ward can put us through another season or like he learns from what's happened this season and says like, right, we really have to just cut ties with the past. No more Roy. (laughs) Get over Aaron Wambasaka as much as I love him. He's not coming back Um, and actually just build a team and just get somebody in early. Like, you know, if if we get to the beginning of the summer and they haven't already got somebody near a, as as a managerial post, nearly appointed at that point, ready to have the full summer to build a new team, then like mm. I just throw my papers in the air and just turn everything off until um, the first game of the season and see what happens. I think, um, but as far as I'm concerned, there are two options, and if he doesn't take this season as the opportunity to learn and to change. I don't think he ever, ever is going to. I think he's a risk-averse person anyway, which is why he's had the success he's had up to this point. And again, I've said it before, and, and it's my opinion that if he doesn't change that, he's not going to take us any further than than where we are now. We're just going to be stuck in this kind of mm. never-ending loop of bringing Roy back. <laughs> yeah, which at some point, time will prevent. Um <laughs> You unless, know, quite unless frankly, that time machine works that you were talking about with Joe Whitwell. Oh, the de aging thing. Oh, yeah, okay. maybe the okay. de aging, re aging oh. thing. Oh God! I mean, that's a terrifying thought of a of a <laughs> of a future that none of us want. Um, let's talk a little bit, uh, Sai. You, you sort of raised the question over uh, Sam Johnston. There's a few making similar noises about him as a as a keeper and whether or not either directly or indirectly he has meant uh, you know he has he's meant we've conceded goals that perhaps we shouldn't have done I, i'll be interested in your views considering you brought it up first i mean I, i've seen it all over twitter that it was you know he was at fault for the f- many of the goals we've conceded since roy returned and i i, I disagree with it you know Joel Ward is the only one who can be blamed for sleeping at the back post with with Kane just sort of sort of floating past him. Um, and, and actually, I think he's been really good. I, I think he's been really solid since he's um, been between the sticks when Guaita has been injured. So I, 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 I think maybe there is a little bit of the defence getting used to him, the communication around set pieces. 
But to be honest with you, I think he's been nothing but really positive for us. And, and I just think it's just our bat four needs strengthening over the summer. I mean, the thought of losing Elise, Gehi and um, Eze and others. Uh, I'm glad you didn't tell me that, Chris, before I did the intro, because I wouldn't have been so positive after thinking the concept of losing those three. Um, that would be an awful season. But no, I, I think he's been great. And, and I don't buy into the Twitter discussion on him. I mean, he made one absolutely tremendous save in the game um, to to keep us in it. Um, but uh, again, Son, wasn't it? So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, he looks like a decent, solid keeper to me. Um, but yeah, as, as as I suggested, and as you kind of said as well, Cy, it, it's, there's always going to be a little bit, if you, you know, if an experience playing with the players in front of him, you know, he's been training with them for a very long period of time. Not so many games with them, so that can cause indecision. That can cause issues with the organisation. There are little bits of variation in there that he does things slightly different to how Guaita does them, and and so on and so forth. But um, but but you're absolutely right. If you start to analyse the goals, and, and I'll, I'll just save going through all the goals in in the whole season. You know, let's just look at you know the the, the goal we conceded. I, I I know he does it a lot, right? You know, Harry Kane has scored a lot of goals, you know, internationally and domestically. Um, and he he must be, you know, he's obviously very, very good at it. He's, his movement's great. He knows where to drop, what positions to take up. But, you know, I think we had several warnings before of him dropping to the back post at both set pieces and during the course of moves. You know, he, he does that, drops deep, plays a ball out wide, moves to a post, you know, tries to if the, if the second ball is an option he tends to peel off and go behind a fullback you know that kind of stuff but you know it and and I I don't have a problem if you know Joel Ward is is positioning himself aware of it and trying to prevent it happening and it happens I tell you I have a real problem dealing with that goal when he hasn't looked at him at all it's not a look at all he's just like a little moth drawn to a flame just got run towards the post, run towards the ball, marking space. You know, if Patrick is on, me and Patrick would be high-fiving virtually over the fact that space does not score a goal, a player scores a goal. And that's all it is. And I I, I cannot help but um, but criticise that. And I think Joel Ward knew it when the, when the ball went in because he was absolutely devastated. And to concede that goal before half-time, you lose the goal and you lose the game in that moment, frankly. So really disappointing. Any alternative takes on that? No. <laughs> I, was no. Just, I was only going to add to the Johnson thing. Like the, um, You mentioned the save he made against the Son shot, but he also made that really good save against the Richarlison shot, which was offside anyway. Um, but it was yeah. a cracking save. And I think he's made a few of those since he's come in. And like for all the like negative um, things, points we've had to talk about in this pod, I actually had him noted down as being one of the positives that we could take. Um mm not just from this game, but from this kind of uh, closing of, uh, of the season. I just wonder whether we will see um, Gator back in a Palace shirt again, because uh, it feels like Johnson has really solidified himself as the first choice. Um, Gator's got like, what, a year left on his contract, I think. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's a real positive. And I really, you know, when, when we saw Butland coming in, um, before we, he went on loan to uh, United, it, you always felt like that you always just got a sense of nervousness in the back four that they just they either weren't quite sure like what he was going to tell them to do or they didn't quite trust what they were going to tell him to do. And I don't think I've noticed 
any of that since Johnson came in, even from the the yeah. first game. Like the, the back four have always looked pretty comfortable with him, but we've always been pretty uncomfortable with set pieces. And I don't think that's changed since it's not improved since Johnston stepped in, but I don't think it's got any worse. I think it's our defense, our defense that's at fault for not, not being very good or not being very well kind of drilled on defending those set pieces. I really don't see anything glaringly obvious that points the finger towards Johnson on, on that front. Mm. I think that's fair. Um, but we won't elaborate any more than there. We've got a couple of things to cover um, before we end the show. Um, so that from a positive sense, you know, Tyreek Mitchell's 100th game um, for Palace, which which has gone quick, <laughs> um, making me feel uh, even older than, than usual. But, um, you know, I can't pay him a bigger tribute than to say that um, since I sold him to Manchester City in Football Manager, uh, my results have just dropped appallingly, and, and even though I replaced him with a very strong left back, um, I just can't. I just can't get a win anymore, and, and that is the biggest tribute I can pay to Tyreek Mitchell. Legend, he is a legend, and he's cemented that spot. And he, he's going forwards, getting stronger all the time. I think you know he's, he's played for England in that time, so we're lucky to have him and, and a really good product from our youth academy, which we know is getting stronger all the time. Yeah, just brilliant. I'm I'm sad for him that he's had the few injury frustrations he's had because I think there has been potential for him to kick on a little bit more than he has in that time. Um, particularly around like the uh, FA Cup semi final and stuff, like him not being able to play at his best um, or be on for the whole time at that point, I think was a was a real shame um, for him. But I mean, it's testament to him that he's worked his way through those challenges and has kind of stayed focused and dedicated the whole time. Um, and I think it's players like him that make me really, really, really hope that this summer goes in a positive direction and we bring in players and uh, a manager that's really progressive because I think it's players like him that really need that to make the progression personally that they want to and that will only serve to keep them at the club for longer. And I think that's what we should all all want really for him. Um, so hopefully... Hmm. We'll be celebrating his 200th game in the future if he stays with Palace and uh, we're still up there uh, having won stuff outside of the youth ranks. Um, but no, he's great. And there's a lot written about like his mentality and, and, and his focus as well as his physical ability. So I think he's just the all-round player that you want in a club, really. So fingers crossed we can keep him for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. Like, I mean, all jokes aside in terms of of his importance to Palace, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that there's been some ups and downs um, in, in terms of form, but that's true of any young player. Um, you know, you think about it, what he made his professional debut, I, I don't remember, what was it? It must have been sort of 2019. We certainly played pre-season in 2019 and, and got injured. Um and yeah, I just think yeah, it must have been must have been later on because you're right. There was that that injury that you had, but anyway, um, he you know he 2019, 2020 ish, something like that. So, you know, that's only t- um, you know three years in professional football. So, to, to the the kind of trajectory was incredible to to sort of get into the England squad within within two years of that, and I do think that caused him a bit of an issue. Um, and I think the other thing that does cause him a bit of an issue sometimes is the fact that there really is a lack of competition for him at Palace. You know, in terms of an out and out left back, there's nobody really 
sort of pushing him. You know, you got Klein can play there, Ward can play there. At a push, Schlupp and Riedewald can play there. But you know, he's he's the one true left back that we have. Um, with with Tayo Ramola not ready for you know to to push in the first team at this at this point in time despite being well thought of. So, you know, we've never brought anybody in to deal with that situation. So it's all has to come from him. He has to push himself continuously as if there's somebody who's going to come in and take his spot. And I do think sometimes that that, that does have an impact on him, you know, for, for all the dedication and commitment and wonderful attitude a player can have that, competition for places always lifts people always pushes people that little bit further and the best thing we can do for him is give him that uh, in my view but wonderful player for us and and like i say just superb to see a, a player okay brentford academy originally before they shut down but he's come through our youth system uh and and he, and he you know he's out there representing us every week in the premier league and which is great interestingly enough very proud which Sorry, just to CC Roy Hodgson in this bit. Uh, what was the other academy that went for Mitchell when we wanted him? What was it, Tottenham? It was Tottenham. Yes, oh, it was. Yeah. It was Tottenham. Apparently, we can't yeah, compete with them. So, you know, never mind. No, no. Weird, weird that. Um, but look, what I was, you know, going for um, to kind of end, and I'm, and I'm sorry to have to kind of end the show on this, really. And it's. You know, we're we're talking about celebrating a wonderful player in Tyreek Mitchell. Yet, you know, we have people in our fan base who um, who will racially abuse footballers. You know, uh, it's, it happened during the course of the the Palace Spurs game where somebody somebody racially abused um, Song Hyun Min, and you know, frankly, look. It doesn't. I don't need to say anything other than that. It's totally unacceptable by any stretch of any imagination. And, and and I hope that person isn't a listener to this show. And if they are, I hope they stop immediately and and, and never come back to it because I just you're just not not worth my time and energy uh, or the time and energy of the rest of society. It's just pathetic, and um, I'm really sad when I hear any of that sort of stuff go on at Palace. And I know it does. And it just doesn't make any sense that you'd go, you'd, you'd support Crystal Palace and be a racist. doesn't make any sense. Like what, what is the matter with you? Like look at the team. I, I've genuinely heard, and I'll and I say this, it's such a shame. I've genuinely heard when challenging this, this is in, you know, a way in the past, but I'm sure it still happens. Um, I had somebody actually once said to me, Oh, I don't mind those because they they play they play in a palace shirt. They literally said that phrase. And I'm like that mentality. Just it's just bewildering in in 2023 that we're having this conversation. And look, this person probably say something like, "Oh, I'm just, it's just banter, isn't it? It's football banter. Who wants to sterilise football? All this kind of crap." But it's just absolute madness. I, I, I don't I don't want him anywhere near uh, the our fan base and in the stadium representing our club and people have said, Oh, you know, he can't even control himself or, you know, and it's ridiculous how he thought he'd get away with it. You know, I'm glad he did it because that means we can find him and then ban him for life from our team and, 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 and our club. And there's people that would have loved a ticket for that game. And I tried to get a ticket for that game. It's incredibly hard to get tickets for Spurs away. And instead there's someone in there who doesn't deserve 
to be in there and, and clearly has views that are not at all in congruence with, with us as a football team. So I hope they find him. I hope they ban him for life. And, and I, you know, I just hope people realize that that has nothing to do with us as a club and he represents no one uh, and none of us and, and I hope he doesn't listen. And if he does, you're banned for life and we'll find you if you are listening and we'll turn off all your devices. Uh, we can't do the latter bit, Chris. We can't do the latter <laughs> bit, but, um, but no, no, um, you say we don't. no, <laughs> no, like obviously I've seen, I've seen the stills and I haven't watched the, the full, I know you can. There's this video available and stuff, but I've seen the stills, and I don't know. I don't know if it's a face I recognise or not. It, it, but it's certainly somebody old enough to know better, if you know what I mean. So, I think it. I think um, it also is an opportunity for for Palace fans to reflect and highlight. You know, if we want to be and want to call ourselves an anti-racist club, then it's up to all of us to make sure that we police it as well as the authorities. So if you see that going on, like there are enough of us, I wasn't there at that game, but there are enough of us as a total of anti-racist Crystal Palace fans who will be around to hear that stuff and can make it very uncomfortable for those people to stick around um, Mm. if we choose to. And I think that is the responsibility we have if we want to call ourselves anti-racist basically uh yes he should be and i'm sure he will be based on the fact there's footage found and palace have pledged to to um issue him with a with a ban uh i don't know if they specifically said a lifetime ban but hopefully it will be that um hopefully the wider footballing authorities will will take strong action and i know it's been reported to the police as well so that's all great Mm -hmm. but i think if we really want to send a message to other people like him who are amongst our fan base who may be tempted or do do that at games then you know we really need to make it clear that that we're not going to accept that in the moment um and the authorities can deal with it with it after we've we've commented on stuff like this before you know we actually received an email not that long ago from somebody who said um that we should stick to talking about football Mm. and not comment on these matters and it's like (laughs) um why why does it make you uncomfortable why does Mm. it make you uncomfortable that people um, I just fed up with this kind of ridiculousness, like discrimination. You, nobody likes to be discriminated against. You wouldn't like to be discriminated against based on your appearance, your race, your race, your religion, your sexual orientation. You wouldn't like any of that, would you? So why are you mad that we don't want to see it? It's because it doesn't yeah. fit with your worldview. Just, 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 you know, honestly, grow up. Exactly. Um, but there you go. So ho- sorry to end on that, but it'd be wrong not to mention it. You know, especially where, you know, you can be, like most fan bases, we can be very quick to point at others when they do things wrong. And unfortunately, we have to be associated with this uh, person. Um, And it's just a shame that we have to be. So it'd be wrong not to mention it. But anyway, look, we got three interesting games coming up. Um, You know, I'm looking forward to to hopefully getting back to the ground before the end of the season as well myself. so we've got Bournemouth coming up Saturday, the 13th, uh, Fulham the week after, and then we end the season 28th of May at Sirlust against Nottingham Forest. Let's hope we get three wins out of three, some exciting football, and we set ourselves up for a wonderful summer uh, so we can challenge for the title next year. Eagles, Eagles. <laughs> Sorry, which, which title is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to comment. Right, so... Um, <laughs> Um, but no, seriously, thank you for listening. I apologise. Obviously, a very difficult 
you know to to raise too much motivation to do this show so um apologies that uh that enthusiasm wasn't 100 percent there but i appreciate both simon and, and cara doing a sterling job of uh of, of rousing me to my senses and getting some good debate going hopefully you enjoyed it uh thanks to anyone who contacted the show apologies i didn't get an opportunity to chase for any questions or re- review any submissions or anything like that uh unfortunately been a little bit busy today but um thank you it really, really means a lot and um and a majority of the time we read absolutely everything we get and, and we use it to create what we do on the show check out the uh the everything we're doing over on youtube all our social media channels you can just search back of the nest and of course the preview team will be looking ahead to the bournemouth game in midweek so make sure you download that podcast and get any comments or questions over to terence in the game as well you can always contact us by email hi at back of the nest.com uh, unless you're if you're complaining about us mentioning the uh, racism uh, you can just not bother just email yourself um and yeah thank you very much and we'll see you again soon until next time, come on, you palace. Eagles. How dare you say Eagles after I said <laughs> that? That I've, I'm continuing to record just so we have evidence of my admonishing. You, Simon, um, are a loose cannon. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.